This is an Area Code podcast. It's like in Hercules where you see the muses all standing next to each other <laughs> and the short muse has the tallest column. We need that, okay? We're the short muse so right need. now, okay? We're the short muse right now. And Peggy. We don't, we don't want the rest of the muses bullying us. Yeah, we're the and Peggy and we don't want, we want a solo, Okay. I'm Ashley Whitehurst, and I've been performing and directing and teaching and producing improv and sketch comedy for almost 15 years. I think poop jokes are funny. I'm Felicia McLeod, an improviser, writer, voiceover actress, and just started reading tarot cards. Hit your girl up. Hi, my name is Steve Hahn. I'm an improviser, on-camera actor, and director, and my estranged father has tried to connect with me on LinkedIn before. Hi, Kevin. Welcome back to Comedy Has an Ouchie. I am Ashley. I'm Felicia. I'm Steve. We are so excited you are here listening to this podcast today. We have an amazing guest today, Sherry Flanders. Yes! (laughs) Sherry is a writer, actor, comedian, cat mom, exhausted social justice warrior. She's also super talented and a real treat to share the stage with. And it is so good to see your face and hear your voice after isolation for a year and a half. And hi. hi, it's so exciting <laughs> to see doing? you. So, so excited excited. to see you all too. I'm like people. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it feels a little um, like kind of a trap question these days to be like, "How are you?" Because I feel like we all know the answer. So, Sherry, I'm going to ask you, how have you been coping? Like, what's been your thing this year that has like kind of kept you going? Well, I will say that like as much as I am an extrovert who likes to perform, I'm also really a hardcore introvert. So compared mm. to some people, I would say I'm kind of thriving. Like I'm Ooh. like also like living my best life. I'm like baths. <laughs> I'm like cleaning the house. I'm like organizing. I'm like Marie Kondoing shit. Like I'm having a great time over here. <laughs> like I mean, I miss you all, and I do want to be performing and seeing people, but also it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> when you say baths, are you doing like? candles and bath salts and like the whole setup. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Flanders oh, household yeah, believes beautiful. very strongly in bath products and beauty products. And, um, it is just like a whole spot over here. So that's great. <laughs> You're ever you stressed out. I show up at my door and I'll be like, here, come into my spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just give us a, a care package, uh, on our Put way a robe on you and be like, oh. <laughs> oh, I'm jealous. I can't enjoy a bath. Uh, I know people who who can, yeah. And I, for some reason, I get very, like, anxious and I'm like, it's it's cold. I feel like I should be doing things. You have but... to keep it hot. You have to, like, keep turning on the hot water oh, yeah. and, like, drain a little. I know. Guys, I don't bath right. <laughs> no. <We're laughs> you have to find your way of doing it. Yeah. Bath intervention. <laughs> bath intervention. Oh, my God. Don't give Chip and Joe another idea. <laughs> That'd be a terrible show. Uh, Sherry, Felicia, Steve, I have a question. What is hurting comedy today? Yeah, uh, I think today we're going to be discussing a little bit deeper into this very general statement I'm about to make. And we're going to go deeper into why this isn't uh, the why. But basically, we're going to start off the conversation by talking about how a lot of institutions and people, honestly, because, you know, people make up institutions. They don't have a nuanced perspective on race, right? They don't they're not having nuanced conversations about race. They're not having nuanced conversations about what uh, I guess specifically today we're going to be talking a little bit about we're going to start off the conversation I think with like talking about colorism and then maybe we'll see where we go from there but you know talking about how the the lived experience of what a white person might think of as like the norm when you think of like 
uh, a phrase or a word is not like good enough nowadays. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't, we can't use that. We there's no such thing as a average black person. There's no such thing as an average Asian person. There's no such thing as an average gay person. Like there's not that doesn't exist. So like you need to be able to be prepared to have hard, nuanced conversations to to come to a conclusion or an answer. Yeah. That's that's great. Any anything to add from Sherry and Yeah, Paula? yeah. I mean, I think 100%. I think when Ashley when you reached out to me and you were like, "We're going to talk about this." And after we had our little back and forth, one of the things that came to mind is just like when we from my experience as a black woman, we have to go back like to um, you know, the history of there's three stereotypes basically that black women specifically have been put into over the years. And that's um the sapphire staff stereotype Mammy and Jezebel, right? And so I'm going to get academic mm-hmm. on your asses for a second. Um, yeah. <laughs> get your notebooks right? out. And so Mammy is kind of I like, you know, it's like you're, you're, you're a nurturing person, a woman who only exists for the nurturing of white people, of other people, no need to her own, right? Giving, giving, giving. Uh, Sapphire is like angry black woman. Um, that's also an extension of where we find, um, you know, comedians, you know, and it's like, here's a person who is, oh, you're so angry and you're funny, but I don't respect you, right? So there's no respect to any of these three roles. And then the last one is Jezebel. And so that's someone who is like highly sexualized, but not in a way that's respected. So when we think of like, you know, like, you know, a stripper or a hooker, which, and by the way, I'm saying this is a stereotype. This is not my feelings because I actually think all sex workers should be um, respected. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, um, but historically, those are the three roles that black women have been placed into, right? And so then when we start talking about issues of colorism, like Steve mentioned, then women who are darker skin get placed more into those roles and women who are lighter skin get to play further away from those roles to roles that we consider quote unquote respectable all the way to the far end of the spectrum where there's white women who get to play like, you know, housewife, you know, respected individual in the community, whereas those roles are generally not open to black women as a whole or not, um, we're not the first choice. It's like, maybe if nobody else wants to do it, oh, but then we'll pick a black lady. So mm-hmm. like, that's kind of a, my perspective, a, a good jumping off point, perhaps, if you guys think so. <laughs> that was great. I think that lays that a perfect. R- r- yeah. Really good foundation for jumping into our first segment, which is level two improv. What's really going on here? deep, not wide on this very important issue and really try to explore all the nuances as much as we can. Uh, obviously, this is a massive topic, so we're going to do our best to, to cover to cover what we can in this this podcast. So I have to say, as as I, I guess I'm re- representing the white people here. <laughs> can, can representative you, of the white yeah, The entire white race. Uh, <laughs> but, but for some of our, our white listeners who may not be uh, familiar with this idea of colorism, can we have a, a very very broad, basic definition uh, of, of what this is and, and how, how it specifically, I guess not specifically, how it, could af- how it affects people in these spaces where they walk into casting opportunities or classes. Is that cool? Is that too big of a question? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. I feel like base, for me with colorism, I think it's getting better treatment if you're closer to whiteness. Mm. And then the further you are from whiteness, the less respected you are in rooms and people have a bias towards it. So they don't even realize how much more comfortable they feel around someone who is lighter skin than they do when it's someone who's darker skin. And it's just been something that's been embedded in us from like 
years and years. So we don't even sometimes realize that bias that people have within them. And it's not always from, I think that the, I think that there's this notion that colorism happens. I mean, not everyone has this notion, but I think that there is a notion that colorism happens from like the perspective of a white, a white eye or a white gaze. Like it's Mm -hmm. like this idea, but Mm -hmm. it happens internally as well. There's colorism within every community, like colorism, you know, like within, you know, right. Like, um, I, I, I think like using the definition that I abide to, like, uh, someone like like a black person like cannot be racist according to like the definition of modern day racism, but they can be prejudiced. And so like I mm-hmm. you know like a, a light skinned person in in Asian communities too, it's like this idea of like the more lighter skin you are, the paler you are. I mean, there's a bunch of racist commercials in Asia that exist to the, to this day that punch down at darker skinned people, and the like, whiter you are, the more palatable you are. So it happens both internally and externally, right? It's like white people feel comfortable with like interacting with people of color that are closer in shade to them, but also internally people, you know, do things like skin bleaching and things like that to get closer mm-hmm. to them, right? It happens inter amongst amongst different groups and then also intro, which is inside of a group. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that um, in terms of like casting, one thing that you always see a lot in on casting notices is um, ethnically ambiguous, right? And mm-hmm. and from my particular um, standpoint as an actor, because I actually I'm like it's weird because I'm like this like mid toned black woman. It's like I'm not dark, but I'm not really like light. Um, but so they but that for whatever reason I get sent to these ethnically ambiguous castings quite a bit of time. And generally, what that means is that anyone that doesn't look like a black person, but who is not white. And so when I, and so like my headshot is like, like, like most black people, like you're, you have a different tone of color depending on how the light hits you. Like if the light hits me one way, I look like I'm lighter. If the light hits me another way, I look like I'm darker. My headshot reads a little lighter. And so I think that's why I get sent into some of these um, auditions. And then I show up and I've got like African hair. And I'm like, clearly a black woman. And then they're like, and they're like, wait a minute. (laughs) We didn't want you. (laughs) And and that used to happen to me a lot in Miami, which is like a huge Latinx population. And on paper, like I'm that kind of general brown where it's like, I could be Latin. I could be, you know, Middle Eastern. I could be something if you just like looked at it very quickly. Like if I'm in a group of people that I'm not of that general like race, but like I'm the same skin tone. They're like, oh yeah, you're fine. Like I'll blend in if I have a hat on. But then, you know, I take the hat off and they're like, she's black. <laughs> and, you know, and they're like, moving on to the next person. We've seen enough. Thanks, hon. Like, so I get that one a lot. Like, that's like where I'm. But at the same time, there are women who are darker than me that are not getting that offer. So, like, that's colorism, right? Oh, I was just going to say the same thing. They'll see immediately from me. They're like, okay, this is a mm-hmm. white woman. Yep. Oh, Done. man. Yeah. And you don't even get yep. called in? Yeah. So, oh. I hate when they talk about characteristics of a character instead of it being like they're flighty or they're like anxious or something. It's very much like they're black, they're white, they're Latinx. And it's like and then you read the script and you're like, this could literally be yeah, anyone. Or like when casting happens, there was this it was a huge uproar, at least within the Asian American community, where there was this casting director in New Jersey who came out with this casting list that said we need they did not say Asian, but they said we need someone with like monolid eyes, which are like traditionally Asian eyes, but not too squinty or not too almond. Like they like said, (gasps) or not too, they said not too slanted. They like said, they basically like said like, we don't want you to look like 
too squinty, but like you need to have monolid eye or you can't have monolid eyes. They were like specifying like the, the shape of the Asian eye that they wanted, but it was like this huge thing where like this casting wow. agency like wanted Asian people. As such a, I think they wanted half Asian people, I think is what they wanted. I think they wanted people who like looked Asian, but like had white characteristics on their face. I they were, love like, how we people got... tell themselves. Yeah. And you're like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. They got feedback that their casting calls were too, too racist. And they were like, okay, we know we, exactly we how to change this. <laughs> just, just, like, color. Color. just a little bit. In racist kind of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it was for a big casting. It was for a huge casting agency too. Here's what the, the casting, the casting agent, it said, it said, uh, oh, they said Chinese or Korean descent, 30 to 35, sweet eyes with a great smile, fine, whatever, genuine and caring, must be quarantined with child, children, blah, blah, blah. And then at the bottom, it says, eyes, although almond-shaped, not two downturned eyes, no monolid. And monolids, and they're asking for an Asian person, but monolids are like a genetically Asian, like it's a dominant gene in Asian. So like all of us have monolids. So the only way you can't have a monolid is if it's a recessive gene or like you're, you're so you're like, maybe you're mixed with white people, which is still Asian. That's like part of the Asian experience. But it's like, they were like specifically saying like, we don't want this like dominant Asian feature in, in, in this. Someone we go said- back to the start of it That's where they said awful. Chinese or Korean, like they're right there. They're also clumping like two different races in See- Yes, generic. it's just like the, it I, I want you guys to, to where... picture this. Someone wheel their chair up to the computer, <laughs> set the seat, fix their fucking fingers, and typed Cracked this it. up. I will say, it, it was also like, I'm killing it right yeah. now. Yeah. I will say, I think the Chinese or Korean descent, I've at least seen that a lot only because I think this is a Chinese and Korean supermarket. So I think they wanted someone that authentically was Fair. Chinese too. Okay. I think if it Fair. was not that though, we'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt because I will say like, <laughs> I will give them the benefit of the doubt. Because everything else checks out. Everything else, everything else They deserve fine. the benefit of the doubt. But, I mean, it's interesting because I've been going out, I mean, I've been talking about it with Felicia and actually before we record sometimes, but I've been, you know, auditioning for these like roles that are specifically Korean. So I get it in that case, but in, in this case, I guess I kind of understand it too. But maybe this is a good segue for us to talk about like, how people in power are not the people who like are capable of having these nuanced conversations so how are we to mm-hmm. how are we to expect them to either like if they're like how are we to expect that from them you know what i mean like if they're not able to have these conversations it's hard because they're too embarrassed to say that they don't know and they're also like too scared to make a mistake <laughs> never yeah. mind because they make big mistakes well they're too scared to look racist so instead, they just like double down on something that is racist. And then they're like, but we're doing the work to have diversity. And you're like, but you're not truly doing the work because you're not hiring people as well in the rooms with you to tell you when that's wrong or that's right. It's just so much work that needs to be done. That's a question I wanted to ask is, uh, and this is this is part of this whole conversation is, is who is writing these descriptions and maybe it's about taking that step first of all hiring hiring the correct people but then it's just like having an open on an honest conversation about like what's the best way to say this Let, mm-hmm. let's talk about this and and because yeah it comes back to like the people in the room and who's getting to to write this well i think part of it too i think it's not only are they embarrassed but also like it's it's kind of like 
you know, like if I'm, if, if I'm like a painter and I like admit, like, I don't know what to do if I spill paint and I don't know how to clean that up. Then that's like an admission that like, I shouldn't fucking be a painter. Right. Mm. <laughs> and oh, so I think yeah. there's also like, if they open the door to the conversation and then they have to bring in us a quote unquote specialist then or, you know, or ask, or just ask the regular layperson for their opinion. It's also an admission. Like, they don't know. They maybe don't necessarily deserve, you know, I mean, here's the thing. I think that there is something to be said about like, I mean, Second City is, like, has brought in, like, outside consultants and, like, we're public about it, right? For, like, revamping, blah, 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 whatever, right? I think that there is something to be said. And you make a great point. I never even thought of it in that way of, like, the painter metaphor. Because that's... Because here's the thing. Like, conservative men, conservative white men, I've never seen them admit, of like, admit weakness. Not fault. I've never seen them admit or show weakness. It's like this crazy thing. And I'm like, cause I, I mean, if you follow me on social media, I admit weakness all like very open. I'm very open about my mental illness. I'm very open about like my struggles. I'm really open. So I, for me, it seems crazy to not admit weakness. Maybe it's because I'm like, uh, like a, like a, like a dumb gay, but I'm like on my back all the time being like, please, I'm weak, you know, like help me, you know, I lost my shell. I lost my shell and I can't find it. Help me turn over. Exactly. So it just is, is, is this idea that like you can't admit weakness and in that case right it's like this idea that like they can't like certain people in position of power can't admit weakness but I think that we should like I know that for example if I know that like if the four of us were to become producers one day for like not like not anything in Chicago or whatever just anywhere like it doesn't have to be Chicago specific like there are things that we all four of us like don't know about each other's lived experiences like I as a cis man don't know everything that goes into nuance of like I'm still learning is what I'm saying like I think we're all like we all have to admit learning but it's this idea that like these nuanced conversations are so fucking hard to unlearn I think that there's there's room for improvement but it, it needs to come with that admission of like I'm not I don't know I don't know and in these kinds of conversations, I mean, we're devoting it to an hour, but we, everyone needs to be having these types of conversations. And being okay to fuck up and say the wrong thing. To that, like, there, there's not always answers to things. Mm-hmm. Fair, like, I yeah. think also part, one thing that, like, because I do, I do some diversity training, which does not mean that I have all the answers because I don't. Um, but one of the things that I talk about as being a part of white supremacy culture is the idea that there is a fixed point that this is the right mm. way and this is the wrong way. And so we can hold on to that fixed point, even if the fixed point is moving. So like, you know, when we think of something like pronouns, it's like there was a time in the peri- in the past where most people were not using them. Now more people are. And we know that the expectation is we should be moving that way. Um, but then there's some, going to be some people that said, but before you said it was okay. And I'm holding on to this fixed point. And we have to recognize that some things are evolving. Some conversations are continuously evolving all of these conversations. And then also like for some of these conversations, when we're like trying to find out what's right, what we also end up looking at is like, but this entire system is Mm. bad. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's Mm. even less about, are we doing it the right way? And maybe this whole system is bad. So like, even in terms of casting of like, if we, the fact that we are calling out like these highly specific roles and we're writing a stereotype, it's like, well, why are we writing the stereotype? It's not about is it this person or that person cast? It's more about why is this role even the role that we're highlighting right now when we should be writing and highlighting other roles, right? Yeah. But it, institutions still right now hold power of like saying we need a blank person, we need a black person, we need a queer person like to fill this role. But like if we're creating our own stuff for a lot of these institutions, why do they need, why can't they just cast like anyone? I, again, with equity in mind, like keep, like I'm all, I, I think that needs to be a key, key thing. But like, do you know, I don't know if I, I'm making being clear at all, but like, 
Like, why? Like, I don't get why. Like, there's so many rules where I read them, and I'm like, why, like Felicia was saying earlier, why does this have to be a a, a, a one-legged Asian identifying goat or whatever that they're looking for that day? I don't know. Why does it have to be that? Okay, why? This could show. be played. Representation matters, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But this could, this could be played by anyone. Why does it have to be that? And so I'm all for open casting. And then when there needs to be a specific story told, it's up to the people who identify in that that are in the room to do that but i just don't agree with like how like you said that that it was probably a a white intern that rolled up to the computer that day and like wrote this really he's like oh i'm getting i'm getting promoted from this this is so (laughs) good and nitpicky but like he's not the you know what i mean like i don't know if i'm making any sense but you do make sense because i reached out when i got an audition it was like the three main roles were white people read the script and there's no reason for them to be white people. So reaching out to the person who was, I think he was going to be the director. They were like, honestly, I see the issue with this, but since they already had, I can't remember what the name of it is. The people who like, um, give money towards the project producers, uh, producers, they are the ones who already had locked down what the roles were. So I, it's out of my hands. So part of me, I'm like, that makes sense. But also like, are we just pointing fingers back and forth at people to be like, well, actually it's the producers, actually it's the directors, actually it's the writers. Like what to boil it down, who is the one that is like rolling up to the desk the first time yeah. writing, this is what we want. I think that's kind of an everyone of issue. Cause all I think it's them. all of them. Like mm-hmm. everybody yeah, has a hand. Cause it's like, it's like, I think when like, when I see like a horribly, a horribly racist or sexist or something campaign hit the news. Right. And I'm like, there were 18 people. Like leading up to the point that somebody hit play um, that could have called it, and so so it's like if it, if it misses the first person, then the second, third, and fourth should have been like, hey, let's revisit this, right? So it's it's everyone, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like we all have to ask ourselves, like, well, why didn't I say something when that could pass my desk? Well, I'm thinking specifically in some of our institutions that we're we've all come up in and and been so ingrained in these these rules have been set, and we've talked about this by by years and years of, of people doing, uh, powerful things. But like, there's at this point, there's almost like a formula for certain institutions and there's their stages. It was always like, well, they're looking for this type of woman. You're either like the strong bitchy South side type of gal or you're sassy you're woman. Sa- That's your sapphire that I talked about. Yeah. Right. In the beginning. Yeah. That's sapphire. Right. Yeah. You know, then you've got the slutty one. That's Jezebel. <laughs> and then you've got big mama and that's mammy yeah and the comedy leans very hard into those stereotypes right. and does not usually allow black women to be go beyond them right yeah and then there's then you have the ingenue yeah which is usually the white woman <laughs> yeah, the pretty white woman yeah <laughs> but then there's not room and then they they sort of reinforce that there's not room for more than that and that's that's and yeah. it keeps getting done over and over and over and so maybe that's one of the ways that this this is we we can like combat this i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I agree, and I it, it's I guess I also have a question for you, Sherry. Is like because you're also a teacher in in at Second City, yeah. and uh, are you a teacher anywhere? And you are too, right? I am too, and you were my teacher. <laughs> Sherry yes, was, I was my I taught you music improv. The music improv. You taught my uh, my music improv. I think, I think that was like maybe my second class. Mm. Like I was a real new teacher when I taught you. I remember I when I took that class. You and I said this on the last. And maybe I said this in our meeting. Oh, was it the meeting or podcast? I can't remember. But you're—I think you're still one of my. Are you my only teacher of color I've ever had at Second City? Mm. I think so. That's why I don't. That's why I continue to teach. A lot of people people ask me like, 
a lot has happened there. Why are you still there? And I'm like, because my experience was that I had no teachers of mm. color until my last two teachers of my last two formal classes, which were Peter Kim and Anthony LeBlanc. And those are the only two teachers of color I've ever had in 13 years. Do you feel like... Like, I guess you have to, like, had talked to other teachers about this, but do you think that, like, your experience with colorism with, like, as a, in a position of authority is different than, like, as an actor? Because we're, 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 we're the ones that, as an actor, we're the ones that, like, have the lower status, right? We're the ones, we don't make any of the calls. We're the, I mean, once we get, once we get cast, we have higher status. But when you're, like, auditioning for things, the, the experience of, like, colorism looks different there. I, I, I will say I can't even have a nuanced conversation for my, from my own perspective about colorism in the comedy community because there's so few Asians in the comedy community. And, and especially like where, you know, or as I work as a, a teacher and as an actor with, with these institutions or even like on my Herald team, I was like by far the most melanated on my Herald team. So I was like, well, this is nice. <laughs> but do you feel like you experienced any colorism privileges or like racism through colorism like that lens specifically as a teacher or do you like or did the authority kind of annul it well i mean i because i teach the two lowest levels and i and honestly i don't know at this point because the ranks are so small obviously after covid but even pre-covid the only other female teacher of color that comes to mind was ashley nicole black and she's been gone a while and so like and she's because I went through, I went through, she's crushing it. She's killing yeah, she's crushing it. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. Like there might be another, I don't know who is there now. Um, but like, I don't see the other teachers. I really don't know. I'm very siloed and I teach the lowest classes. I've never been offered to teach more advanced classes. Um, mm. There's no track or training program for me to teach more advanced classes. I heard, heard for other teachers who have like made a mistake it like, or had like a bad class and then they were like, let go and not, no one has mm. told them why. Um, so it's like, ugh, like, you know, I'm sure there's probably privilege in that as a lighter skinned woman, I'm there, but there's also like no others. So it, it's one of those privileges that maybe doesn't feel like a privilege. Do you, do you, you all feel, cause immediately I was like, and I guess this question is for everybody is like, you get a, a side or, or, or something to, to read for an audition and you're completely not that that player, but this is all they have. Does it feel like there's an extra pressure on you to meet this, or like what? What is that experience? Oh yeah, I mean, I would say speaking to like you know being like speaking back to that sapphire stereotype yeah. where you get kind of like that sassy black woman mm. sketch, and um, you know, and that is just ubiquitous in comedy. Like that is just a thing. Um, and I'm not that woman. I'm just not. Um, and I know, know that. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, um, but you know, but that, that's always going to come in front of me in the room to read it and I'll do my best. And sometimes I'll be like, okay, cool. I mostly know that, but also sometimes I don't, but it is also, yeah. I am more likely though, to get the script of, um, this is for a white woman, but we're going to consider a black woman. And if the white women don't work out, we'll, we'll cast you. That's how I get cast. Truth be told, or somebody kind of like you, Ashley, who is like, I've seen you perform before and I want you to be in a show and I don't have to audition. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's um I, I and I think that there's I I don't know, because I've I've been asked to do stuff like theater wise and stuff that I don't identify with. And part of me is like, okay, is this like an acting challenge for me? Mm-hmm. But then there's part, certain parts of it where, especially when it comes to comedy, cause I mean, for acting, like, you know, you should, I mean, like Charlize Theron was, is not like a, a like a cracked out 
you know, woman, but she plays a really convincing one in yeah, that movie. I, I'm forgetting the name of. Um, Monster but, Monster? No. Mon- no, yes, no, no. Yes. Yeah. Monster I think Ball, so. I think. Right? No, Monster's Ball is a Halle Berry. It's Monster, I think. Oh. Monster. It's just Monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, she plays a great one in that. You know what I mean? So it's, it, I think there's, a, I, there, there's one that's I like. I play a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> you said you I, do. I say that seriously i say that seriously i want to play villains and i want to play horrible people but because people look at me and they're like oh you're such a nice girl um and you should be so playing sweet. like these nice girl roles and i'm like i am evil give me an evil role <laughs> and that's crazy because i want to i want to play nice roles and people keep uh, people keep um writing my stage directions to throw drinks at people and i'm like i only did that once I've done that once in my real life. Give me those <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why? Why are you making me throw drinks on people? Actually, you know, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny that all the roles that I've booked recently for like, um, like, it, it, it's just this. It's it's this thing where it's, there's such a difference between comedy and like TV acting. Where like with TV acting, I'm I'm I I oftentimes play like Asian like Asian stereotypes on TV, and like anyone who knows me in comedy knows like I'm not like demure or quiet or anything like that but on tv i've been asked to play that which like it's fine like i know how to play that it's like good acting challenges for me but there is something about comedy and live comedy where it's so much of it like comes from is expected to come from like a place inside of you you know what i mean and like it's like a lot of it also does talk about like like race and gender and sexuality in like a really like um open kind of way so there is a necessity sometimes for you to be able to it's, identify it's hard with it. for me yeah because i feel like my it's i have a colored lens where i'm just seeing from like a lot of racism and stuff that hasn't been unpacked so instead of me taking it as like if i came in and they're like okay be a monkey i can't just like have fun with that role instead oh. i would be like this is mm. racist since we haven't unpacked all of these things, it's hard for me to be like, okay, then this is just an acting challenge, which sucks because I just mm-hmm. want to come in the room and be and a monkey. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's this, it's this idea where like, we need, again, there, there's not going to be a right answer. There's not like, a, I think like people want like an answer key or a, like a, like a, like a rule book. And it's like, no, you have to be able to understand that these things are like very, like I mean, and our opinions, obviously, our collective opinions, objectively racist, but there needs to unfortunately be a conversation about these things, and so we need to come to like we need to have conversations to be able to come to resolutions rather than like having like Sherry alluded to earlier, like fixed answers that are always going to be resolute and correct. Do you guys feel like you know this whole conversation? I was thinking, and I hope I phrase this right. Please correct me if it's it's not right, but. Do you feel like the the colorism and and these these this lack of nuance has created perceived privilege between different groups and that that has sort of resulted in like almost schisms in each group where where there shouldn't be but what's happening is it's it's another aspect of some of in some of these institutions kind of pitting groups against each other without us realizing until we take a step back and we're like wait a minute do you guys feel like that that colorism is sort of leans into that a little bit or am I a little off base there I'm interested to hear I'd say you're right like like what I said about like the uh the ethnically ambiguous like like it's like when I see those roles and like I know those roles are going to go to my you know my Latinx sisters but at the same time I'm like well it kind of sucks that I I know implicitly that that means that they don't want a black woman who actually looks black 
right? And then that also sets doubly knowing that a woman who's darker than me is not even getting called into the room to, to be considered for those roles. And so it could potentially cause the schism of like, I could be like, I'm mad at my Latinx sister for getting that role, mm. right? And, you know, it could cause that tension if we let it, right? And it's more of like, if we let it, if we don't understand that those schisms and tensions are actually caused by the overarching system of white supremacy and not each other. It's to know who the enemy is. It's like Hunger Games. It's catching fire. Yeah, it's, catching, it's catching fire. It's like, remember who the real enemy is, right? Yes. It's, like, it's like flashing that little thing of gold inside that clock thing. And it's like, we're not fighting each other to kill. Yeah. Do we think it's ignorance or laziness on the part of our institutions or a little bit of both or just lack of practice of having these conversations? I think a mixture. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, it's very ignorant, very like, and then it's also like, oh, that's too much work for me to unlearn and to like not be racist right now when we could just be racist and then go on lunch earlier. (laughs) Yeah. Pizza's in the break room. (laughs) (laughs) These conversations are so hard and we have the privilege right now of like being in the right. So we're like, obviously we're we're like, I mean, the four of us right now are like, we're kicking. It's a Sunday. It's like fine. It's like, it's it's like fine. Like we're, you know, like it's easy. We're kicking on a Sunday. It's fine. It's like, it's fine for us. But I think that like, because I've had to sit down. Listen, I've been the, I've been on both ends of the conversation where I've I've had to sit down someone and be like, what you said was problematic and this is why it hurt me. And I've been on the receiving end end of it too right it's like it's like we can't all be unproblematic kings and queens right so like how do we we have a goal but we know that we don't always achieve it yeah we don't we know yes exactly and sometimes you end up being an unproblematic squire and that's okay too and if you are going to be an unproblematic squire i'd rather be that than the problematic king and so it's like this idea (laughs) of like how i think these conversations are so 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 hard so i commend people who are trying to have these conversations and are actively actually having these conversations but they're hard and i i understand from like a human empathetic standpoint that like a person at the institution might not want to because they've benefited so long like um from not having these conversations like the like these points are not new like you know like yeah people have been talking like the four of us have been kicking on a sunday talking about race issues for (laughs) Decades, yep. decades, 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 for a yeah. long, 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 long well, time. I'm 44 years old, y'all. I've been having these conversations for a long time. If you want to say we're trying to be better, then you have to have these conversations. What makes me, I, I know I should understand, but like what makes me mad is like all my life I've had to have these uncomfortable conversations. I've had to live with these moments. And the fact that people are so tired because they just got to the table to live in these moments after 10 minutes, you're like, it's just been all yeah, my life. All my life. I've yeah. had to fight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all my life. Equity yeah. versus we equality. Have no choice. Equity versus equality, right? It's like they're mm-hmm. like, we want yeah. they're like, we want equal treatment, so we'll treat you nicer. It's like, no, you we need equitable treatment, so you need to have the conversations so you can catch up, right? Mm-hmm. So it's been a mixed bag, but it, from where I sit, from here on out, it's laziness yeah. if you're not having these conversations because you know and you know oh it's gonna be hard work. So I feel like at this this stage of the game, it is it is willful ignorance and laziness. So there should be no none of these like casting calls that have really terrible, you know, character descriptions. Let's do my favorite segment of the podcast, the shit jar. Uh, this is our gossip, restorative justice, coping mechanism part of the show. We're going to share a story about something bad or funny, terrible that's happened to one of us, and then we're just going to try to fix it the best way we know how. Sherry, our esteemed guest, I believe you have an entry for the shit jar today. I cede I the floor to you. 
Thank you. I do have an entry. I went to a um, an audition at a um, a reputable agency, shall we say? <laughs> and um, and they they were wanted to see me, knowing that I was a black woman. And they gave me sides to read. I gave my monologue and all that. And they're like, "Here's some sides. Read these sides." And the sides um, were from a, a little show called Two Two Seven, and the actress is Nell Carter. And if you do not know, if you are not a woman of my generation, um, you will know that this show was out when I was probably, I don't know, 11. Um, <laughs> it's very old. Um, and Nell is just like, I, she's the best. Um, mm-hmm. She's a big, brassy, sassy black woman, fully in that, that stereotypical thing that we were talking about. And it's a role that I could never do justice to. And the fact that this casting agent handed it to me, knowing who I was prior, said something about the fact that they see all black women as the same and that they only have one view of what black women can be. And I, in, in that moment, mm. I wished that I would have said something, but I was a new actor and I was just like, I'm out in the world. You don't want to start the pot, you know? So it's, it's one of those things that, you know, we always have that list of things that just kind of hangs on your mind. Like, damn, I wish I would have said something. You don't want to stir the pot. <laughs> yeah. Also, Sherry, can I, can I, can I say something real quickly? That's like, I should have said earlier, yeah. honestly, you look yeah. so much younger than me. I thought you were 29. I seriously was over here like 29. Everybody thinks that and it gets me in trouble because then they're like, oh no, she's old and crotchety and shit. No, she's going to stir up the pot. Fuck her. Uh Uh-uh. No. This was before I had an agent. So they were just Mm. like, let's see what you can do. But I think they were just, it was a backhanded way of being like, can you black it up? Did you, did you get did you Very get the agent? <laughs> the I got a better agent. Hey, there you go. <laughs> At a different agency. So that yes. is. One that takes cool. care of you the right yes, way. Yes, yes, yes. Good. None of that. <laughs> they were like, your monologue is enough. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. So, yeah. so I feel like with this, the shit jar, the, the restorative part, and I'm, I'll give you the option here, Sherry. Do you want to do a monologue that you wish you would have done? Or do you want <laughs> what's, to, what's a fun way to like make this, this situation right for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. The monologue that I would have done. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? All right. I love it. Okay. <clears throat> and lights. Listen, lady. I may be an out of work actor. I know that you see me and you think I need this. I know that you just see a black woman, like every black woman that you pass on the street every day and you don't take the time to look us in the eye because to you, we are the same. But I am here to tell you, we are not. We are a multitude. We are varied, we are diverse, we are black, we are beautiful. And we exist outside of the 1980s. And we exist outside of 1980s sitcom stereotypes. And therefore, and forthwith, I suggest you trot yourself over to your Dell computer and you get on the Googles and you look up something that is more modern. And as a matter of fact, you look up multiple things that are more modern. As a matter of fact, you close down your entire agency because you are not doing okay. a service to the okay, industry of work. acting. <laughs> and take yourself back to Batuka, Iowa, or wherever you're from, not and Iowa. hang mm. your head in shame. Good day, shame. ma'am. Good day. <laughs> okay. Yes. yes. Work. That, was, that was so scandal esque. That was so yes. Harry Washington. Olivia Pope. Yeah, that was yes. so Harry Washington. See, <laughs> see, I'm a Carrie Washington type. I just need them to see this. Yes. 
if we have any agents, any people in hiring position, or people who can hire listening to this podcast, <laughs> Sherry is available to be a villain uh, or mm-hmm. a uh, Olivia Pope or a crackhead <laughs> in yes. the Broadway. Or, or she really wants to be a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> anything. That was anything. That was amazing. Maybe that'll empower somebody else uh, in the future. To, Go to off, honey. There's always another agent. Yeah. <laughs> yes. My favorite part was how like how brutal it was, but then also at the end, you're just like, also have a good day. <laughs> Goodbye. Good Don't day. This. <laughs> Sometimes that's the most brutal thing that you can say to someone. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Like you know most, you're having a shitty day. The most brutal thing you can say to someone that you know before an audition is you go up to them and you're like, "Hi, nice to meet you," and then walk away. Oh damn! <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Just so you know, I'll thrive without you. But hire me. Give me a little bit of money. Are you? Are you go. Oh, are you auditioning? <laughs> In that? In that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, or you walk up to someone at a callback and you're like, "Oh, I heard. Oh, never mind." <laughs> and they spiral immediately they're like also also i don't know if you guys experience this but my favorite thing about going to auditions is that when you go to the audition and like every and like every other black girl in the city is there and and then we're like just like yes girl yeah (laughs) (laughs) only one of us is the same one we are here for every audition your type is there. Oh, There's like eight yeah. women who look just like you, slightly taller, slightly shorter, slightly bigger, slightly smaller. It's like the, the same people. I a hundred percent. I know every single Asian male actor in Chicago because we've all go to the same auditions. And every time I see them, I'm like, "Hey, I haven't seen you. How are you? How are you? How's the family kid? reunion? I give a kid. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so funny. Every time I used to go to those auditions in person. Oh my god! Remember auditions oh, in person? Then oh, were the days. Oh, that was nice. No. Mm. Were they nice? <laughs> <laughs> I know where she's from. It's amazing. <laughs> so we're gonna do our improv edit. Yes. We're gonna call something out that we talked about in today's episode, and we are going to sweep edit it. We're gonna call lights. We're gonna tag it out. Any type of improv technique we can think of, even though we haven't done it for a full year, and we're going to apply it to a problem we talked about. Anybody have an improv edit? Hmm, I'm going to tag out laziness and come in with being ready to work. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I think. Yes, and that heighten it, and I'm gonna. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna add some object work to the scene, and it's gonna be uh, like a big jug of four loco <laughs> with like espresso in it to give the energy that that mostly white people need to be ha- need to have to endure these conversations because all of a sudden we're we're tired of of having these conversations that we've only been having for a very little time. So we're just gonna chug that right before we have these conversations, and we're not gonna stop until we. Yeah, we're yes. just not gonna stop. There's yes, no one to that. <laughs> I'm going to do a yes. tag run on Steve getting to play sketches for of people who are just like him because more people who are just like him are flooding the system so that it is not just this one person in this one yeah. sketch and he has a multitude of things to choose mm. from as a performer going forward and the ones mm. coming behind him also have multitudes that. to play with um, and not just that one toy mm. in the toy box. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm going to accidentally 
kick over the drink at a table too close to the stage and it's like why are you even putting the drink there to uh, like it's like it's the up theater like you can move your drink anyway um to some to um to um uh uh proverbial people who are uh, saying that they uh, are trying their best when they're not the 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 producer equivalent of a I'm gonna go to Cancun because mm-hmm. it's too cold here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know it. We know the type. Is, yeah, we know them. And lights. That was a full show we just did. That was great. Uh, lots of yeah, lots of cool. Yeah, I got yeah, I got yelled at. I got yelled at by the director for kicking over a person's <laughs> drink on accident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A whole, a yeah, full thing. We're doing a full show. Why was a drink yeah, right there? Were their feet up there too. That's Oof. what I'm saying. It's sometimes the the, the audience clientele at these inst- these old town theaters. I'm I I was Honestly, I'm glad not to see them right can now. Can you imagine taking off the masks and having to police masks right now? <laughs> oh man! Oh my yeah. gosh! The That'll be another fight. We'll That'll be fun. Yikes. Oh. Thanks for listening to Comedy Has an Ouchie. Be sure to email your shit jar entries to comedyhasanouchie at gmail.com. Sherry, where can people find you if they want to find you and hire you and read your stuff? G- give us all Oh, my gosh. To, to uh, well, you can catch Sherry me being a hermit in my apartment right now um, up in Rogers Park, mostly what I'm doing. But um, if you can't catch <laughs> me there, then I am on the Twitter. I am on the Instagram. I got a Facebook page. I got a website. All of them are Sherry Flanders, sherryflanders.com. I think it's Ms. Flans, um, but it's all Sherry Flanders. There's, there, it's just me. So, <laughs> and there's usually cats involved. So if you're like, I'm not sure if this is the right person. If you see cats and you see somebody bitching about politics, mostly it's me. <laughs> That's all I do. <laughs> Steve, what are you going to go do right after we uh, leave? this room together um i'm going virtually. to cuddle my dog because he's been mm, um telling it. me that he's mad at me right now and i might have to leave him in la for a week this coming week so i'm i've never been apart from him for that long so i'm getting very emotional right now you have to do the live cam oh, while you're gone there's money for pizza <laughs> <laughs> oh, home alone him. I have to I have to home alone him. <laughs> no, his favorite Leave him a credit card. Yeah, his favorite um his favorite auntie and uncle are gonna be watching him if he does stay. Yeah, that's right, buddy. Oh, anyway, yes. Oh so go so go give him lots of cuddles. Yes. Uh Felicia, what are you gonna do uh right after this? Yes. I seasoned some oxtails yesterday. Whoa. So I'm going to cook those down today, wow. and yeah. uh, hopefully it'll taste like yeah, my magic is on Fingers crossed. Whoa! Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry, what are you going to do after we're done here? Um, I, I do have some lamb chops that need to be seasoned. I got some fresh rosemary. I'm going to hook it up. And then I have, I have a Zoom meeting in the evening and then a dinner with the friends. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Probably some more laundry, too. Ooh, that's a packed. That's a packed Sunday evening, actually. It's <laughs> busy times at the Flanders house. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I'm gonna go give my dog a bath and then a cold walk. Poor girl, but it'll be Poor funny. baby. <laughs> Does she? Do you know how to do baths properly for her? At least. Y- yes. If not, if not for, if not for yourself. <gasps> She's good. I'm still working on myself. So. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Just jump in yeah. there with her. <laughs> I do. She's got a, there's yeah, like a maybe wand she, hookup. Maybe. It's great. Yeah. <laughs>
she'll be good. You just have to keep the water warm. Keep the water yeah, warm. She should keep the Epsom salt. Yes, the Epsom For you. For you. For her, too. Uh, for her, too. Yeah, she's Correct. a little diva. She gets it all. Uh, and maybe some bath salts. Maybe I'll uh, swing by Sherry's place to pick up all those bath salts. The bath is waiting for you. It's got your name on the door. Just walk right in. Amazing. All right, we are going to go and try to be decent human beings. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Bye! <laughs>